It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 27th, 2019. My name is Phil Prosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at omd. I hope your heart pressure and blood pressure has settled down a little bit as the Orlando Magic head down to Miami and get a humongous 104-99 to victory over the Miami Heat, vaulting into 8th place in the Eastern Conference and securing the season series with the Miami Heat. It is an absolutely humongous win for the Orlando Magic and their playoff chase. We'll be joined a little bit later on in the show by Lockdown Heat host Wes Goldberg and David Ramil as we break down this game a little bit, where the Magic and Heat are as franchises, and of course, where everything fits in in the Eastern Conference playoff race as the Magic winning throws a lot of things into chaos, especially with the Hornets winning, especially with the Pistons losing. There's only uh, something like a, a two and a half games between 6th and 10th place in the East, and the Magic playing Detroit on Thursday has the potential to throw even more things into chaos. Of course, you got to take care of your own business first. But before we get into any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. To hear more from the Miami Heat side of things, you can check out Locked On Heat, of course. Great great friends of the show, even though we don't like their team so much. Um, great friends of the show, David and Wes, do a great job covering the Miami Heat every single day on Locked On Heat. Locked On Pistons is also a great source to get information on the Detroit Pistons through the Magic Play on Thursday. And of course, you got Locked On Hornets, Locked On Nets. There's a lot of Locked On podcasts to keep up with as this playoff race heats up. You can also check out Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your fantasy basketball and national basketball perspective. You can find this all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the Himalaya app, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Before we get to our guests today, I do want to just quickly recap what happened the game because we, we get into kind of the nitty-gritty of how this game unfolded, what it means for both teams, and, and again, what it means for the playoff race. But this game was every bit as advertised as a playoff game. There was playoff intensity from the very beginning of the game. The crowd was really into it, and some of that definitely had to do with it being Chris Bosch's jersey retirement night. But Orlando got punched very early on by a more energetic Miami team. Magic missed a lot of shots. They looked tired. They looked a little fatigued, and they weren't quite, I don't think they were quite ready for the intensity that this game had in it. I, I, I say this with no qualms. The fans were engaged like it was a playoff game. The Heat were engaged like it was a playoff game early on. And the Magic weren't ready for that challenge. Not early on, at least. It took them a solid four or five minutes to really get up to speed with the intensity that this game was going to require. And really, even in the first half, I would say Orlando never really got to that place. 
Orlando really struggled with a lot of different things early on in this game. And they weren't they weren't able to really keep up. Miami got up by as much as 17 points in the first quarter, first half, I should say. And Orlando's offense was stagnant. It really wasn't moving anywhere. It really wasn't going anywhere. And that undoubtedly hurt the team. Obviously, it hurt the team. They, they couldn't score. They were missing shots, and, and they couldn't get the ball moving, and their defense was giving up drives down the middle. It was, it was very bad. It wasn't good. Terrence Ross and D.J. Augustin helped keep things a little bit steady, but it was looking like a very, very bad night. Perhaps the long halftime break was what the Magic needed. Uh, the halftime ended up being something like 30 minutes long because of Chris Bosh's uh, jersey retirement ceremony and the speeches that accompanied it. But Orlando came out in the second half on fire. Jonathan Isaac hit three three-pointers in the third quarter, scoring 11 of his 18 points there. And Orlando, who cut the lead down to nine by halftime, cut the lead down even further, taking the lead heading into the fourth quarter. And from there, it was a tense fight. Dwayne Wade came hard. 12 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter. The Magic opened a seven-point lead. He cut it to to two on a four-point play on the touchiest of touch fouls. And you could feel the Miami crowd getting into it. You could feel that tension, that energy rising. But Orlando never gave up the lead. Terrence Ross made some great defensive plays. Jonathan Isaac made some great defensive plays. Aaron Gordon locked down Dwayne Wade for the final six minutes of the game. And Orlando worked the pick and roll perfectly with DJ Augustin and Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic worked the glass well, was able to get around the basket, and Miami couldn't get the stops that they needed at the key times. Orlando's offense was far from perfect. The ball movement was a lot better. Orlando did a lot better job getting dribble penetration into the paint, getting Vucevic in the paint. But the Magic's offense was not anywhere near clean, I would say. It was good enough. Like against Philadelphia, it wasn't some sudden burst. It was getting stop after stop after stop. It was getting a block shot when they needed one, making a big defensive play, limiting the heat to one shot on every possession. It was those little things again that fed the offense enough to get them the lead, stake them some cushion so that they could make a few mistakes. And Orlando definitely made some mistakes. It got touch and go there for a while. But Wade didn't have any answers. The Heat couldn't shoot consistently from the three-point line until it was too late. And Orlando was pulling away for a victory. Pulling away. 104-99, the final. Orlando leapfrogs Miami into eighth place in the Eastern Conference. They sit just a half game behind the Detroit Pistons after the Pistons lost to the Nuggets for seventh. And yes, their game back of Brooklyn for sixth. I've talked about this. I, I know I talked about this in December when the, when the Magic played the Heat about how big that game against Miami was and how big losing that game would make this game. This was a humongous win. Almost certainly the biggest win the Magic have had in seven years. Just for all the stakes involved, winning the tiebreaker, going on the road, and frankly proving that you can play in a playoff environment. 
It was really darn impressive. And for a game that I'll admit, I've been I'm part of the reason or I, I, this game didn't need to be built up. But I've certainly fed some of those flames and I've I've told people, I, I've told a lot of people, I think this might be the biggest regular season game the Magic have played since 2000 against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, the penultimate game that year, that year. Losing this game would not have eliminated the Orlando Magic. Don't get it wrong. And you'll hear on, on, uh, on Locked On Heat here in a minute that the Heat aren't eliminated from the playoffs either. There is still a lot of work to do. But undoubtedly too, this was the first time the Magic went on the road and felt playoff pressure. Felt what a playoff atmosphere will feel like. Took a huge punch from one of the game's best players and a guy, frankly, who's playing extraordinarily well this year in Dwayne Wade, especially recently. They took that punch and they found a way again. At this point of the season, it does not matter how you get to the final score. Just as long as that final score is in your favor. And ready or not, the Magic control their own destiny for the Eastern Conference playoffs. A six-game win streak has put them in the driver's seat with seven games to go to make the playoffs. That's pretty powerful stuff. And that's why it deserves a little more analysis as we're joined now by Wes Goldberg and David Ramil of Locked On Heat. We're here recapping one of the biggest games of the season for both the Heat and the Magic, a game the Magic won 104-99 to that had massive playoff implications. With the win, Orlando moves a half game ahead of Miami for the number eight seed in the East. Nikola Vucevic was awesome for them, finished with 24 points, 16 rebounds, and five assists. The Heat were led by Dwayne Wade, who had 22 points off the bench, and Deion Waiters, who finished with 26 and made a few late shots to try to get Miami back in it, but it was too little too late. Uh, but credit the Magic's defense, which limited the Heat to just 10 points in the paint in the second half, at least by my count. Philip, that's a Steve Clifford special. It is a Steve Clifford special, and uh, that was just, uh, uh, I mean, the Magic coming off the game against Philadelphia, that's that's kind of what they did last uh, Monday night against the Sixers. Just kind of weird first half, just, just work, didn't have the energy, and then they just kind of click into place in the second half and, and did just a good job. And really, I think the big key was they limited the off, they limited the, the heat on the offensive glass. Miami, I thought, did a really good job getting offensive rebounds, getting second chances. Orlando kind of shut that off there in the second half, and I think that's a big reason why they were able to get their offense back into a rhythm. They were able to get the heat kind of retreating instead. David, what did you see from from that Magic defense? Would you credit more you know, what they were able to do to Miami? Or did you just say, like, this was, look, the Heat just missed a bunch of shots because they missed 23 of the 33 three-pointers that they took. But if you look at the the, the Magic, um, they didn't do a whole lot better, but Miami's sort of formula has been three-point shooting all season long. I, I placed it at kind of 50-50. I know that's a little vague, but I think the reality is there, there were some open looks there. And, uh, you know, you have to give credit to Orlando for making Miami uncomfortable and getting them to take shots maybe they wouldn't normally have taken. Uh, there was a, a lot of pressure there. And, and and some guys that we've come to expect to hit big shots recently, like Kelly Olenek and Goran Dragic, uh, just didn't come up uh, 
all that big. Josh Richardson, in particular, 4 of 12 overall for just, you know, he, he did have 17 points, but most of those were at the free throw line despite, you know, he had a big first quarter, but he kind of really tailed off after that. Um, and and I, I think, you know, Orlando did a really, really good job of, again, as Villa pointed out, uh, leading that rebounding edge and, and limiting Miami's opportunities for second shot attempts and things of that sort. As far as the three-point shooting is concerned, I, I mean, I didn't see anything particularly um, noteworthy from Orlando's defense. Again, they were running guys off the line a little bit, but there were plenty of open looks from Miami shooters. They just weren't knocking those down in particular. And you can't discount the kind of emotions that came from watching the Chris Bosch you know, Jersey retirement ceremony, as I kind of talked about when we were predicting mm-hmm. a win-loss for this game. I know we'll probably talk about that a little bit more. Those kind of emotions and energies, they kind of really disrupt Miami for whatever reason. It seems like they, they just need a kind of, you know, insular focus. Uh, and they just didn't have that in the third quarter. Obviously, the third quarters have been a problem for Miami in the past, but they were particularly bad tonight where Orlando led that scoring edge 34-19. to 19, and, and Miami just never really quite seemed to get into a rhythm after that. Yeah, Miami, it seemed, had a, a pretty good handle on the game in the first half. And then, obviously, you've got the Bosch retirement ceremony. And, look, I don't want to blame the whole thing on a retirement Sony ceremony, but you've got, like, the Super Bowl-length halftime situation. <laughs> that delay and, that delay was insane. Like That was – I mean, and, look, Bosch gave an amazing speech, but that was a long speech, dude. Like, that was – that went a while. Like, it was in two languages. So, um, look, Steve Clifford is in that – locker room like figuring out how to stop Miami's offense right which had been rolling for that first and, half. and Orlando's offense had been... was sitting there in the Sorry. in the crowd watching Bosch speak so like there might have been a coaching edge there yeah and 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 I, I mean Clifford I think addressed this this after the game and said that you know he kind of went through this when when the magic beat the heat during Alonzo Morning's uh halftime huh. ceremony but I told you this, Wes. I told you this. I think Miami, oh, I Tim Hardaway. Oh, yeah, obviously not. Tim, when, you know, it goes back to that 2006 uh, ring ceremony when the Heat were getting their rings after their first championship <laughs> and they got absolutely blown out by the Chicago Bulls. Ever since then, there's been this trend. Every time there's a jersey retirement ceremony, Shaq, Zoes, I think they are 0 for 3 in what jersey is, retirement. I think, I think what, they said on the broadcast that, that for jersey retirements, the Heat were – Two and one. The only loss before tonight was to the Magic during Alonzo Mourning's retirement ceremony. Really? What's the okay. Ma- what's the Magic's record during retirement? They the, don't have the, any. The Magic do not retire they jerseys. They're waiting till they win a championship. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, we're, 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 we're a weird team. We're, we're, I don't know what we're doing. They have that wing where where Penny's jersey is. I'm not sure who else's jersey is there. What, what is yeah, that how called? Do you not the, the, they they they. they they have the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame where they have whoever's they're honoring speak to the media, family, and friends before the game, and then they right. honor them at, ha- at, at, at mid-court, at the like, quarter break. They don't give right. a speech or anything. So like they, they got Shaq, they got Penny, they got Nick Anderson, they got right. Pat Williams, Rich DeVos. Is Dwight uh, in there? Dwight, Dwight is not. They're waiting till, uh, they'll wait till Dwight retires. Oh, they have to wait. Okay, yeah. well— Okay, that makes sense. Does Dwight Howard get his jersey retired when they eventually start doing that? Every signal that that Alex Martins, that the the team CEO has put out, is they're waiting until they win a championship to retire a jersey. Like that's part of the criteria of getting your jersey in the rafters. Which, well, is, but you're, if you're not part of the championship team, what does it matter? Ooh, like Dwight no, Howard no, no. Is the first, be part the of first, the, the first person who will have his jersey retired will be part of that championship team. Uh, that that seems to be the, the the standard for the for the team. I don't I don't make Gordon the rules. I just follow them. 
obviously don't make the rules. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I put I posted this on on Twitter during the during halftime. If the Magic did retire jerseys, they'd have Nick Anderson, they'd have Shaq, they'd have Penny, they'd have T Mac already up in the rafters. Shaq would be in there. Shaq, Shaq would definitely Shaq. be in there. He's he's yeah. already in the hall. He's in the team hall of fame. Okay, well that makes sense. All right. Well, anyway, this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, just I just like what... this game, it's been derailed by hall of fame by 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 uh, jersey retirement. <laughs> jersey retirement. Yeah, that's right. It was that second half, man. I don't the Heat. I try not to get too much into this. You try not to play the results so much, and and this is a game where Kelly Olynyk, uh, James Johnson, Goran Dragic combined to go zero of eight from three-point range like and then David you mentioned Josh Richardson four of 12 from, like he really really struggled I thought the magic did a really nice job um cutting like really dropping back Vucevic but also walling off the paint they played that old like Tom Thibodeau in Boston style defense where you basically just ignore the weak side and you just rush the strong side and you just completely block off every driving lane and that's Miami's bread and butter right is is driving and kicking driving and kicking and just rinse, repeat until you find a decent shot. And Orlando basically took that away. And I think that's a big part of why the Magic have, in the last couple of years, played this this version of the Heat pretty well. But you'd like to see at some point the Heat make an adjustment. And basically their only answer was, okay, let's we'll settle for mid-range floaters and, we, and like these weird, we'll, we'll try these weird acrobatic shots in the lane to try to get around the defense. Like, David, I don't, what else could they have done um, other than just, kind of shoot and pray and hope these three-pointers eventually started going in. It seemed like they weren't really um, passing the ball particularly well either. I mean, they did finish with 25 assists to their 36 made field goals, but at the same time, it just seemed like a lot of that was more kind of dishes at the rim, um, you know, or, or maybe finding an outlet there if they had closed off the lane and then maybe, uh, you know, happened to find an open shooter to knock it down. I, I don't know that there was much of an answer there, to be honest with you. I mean, I did like Dwayne Wade's approach he was able to finish with 22 points, and a lot of that, as you pointed out, on on weird shooting. Um, to be honest with you, I did you know a little bit more aggressively driving to the hoop, maybe be able to challenge some of their length in there. I mean, Vucevic isn't much of a rim protector, but between Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon, they've got enough athleticism and length there to make things difficult for the guys that are driving there. I, I didn't see anything in particular. I'll be honest with you, maybe that uh, I shouldn't say that publicly, but the reality is, I didn't see anything that maybe they could have done a little bit differently yeah. to to capitalize on it. Did you? No, and I actually wanted to ask Philip because, like, dude, you, you're you're watching this these Magic games, <laughs> and this is sort of what they do. Um, has a team because again, like I said, Miami has historically struggled over the last couple of seasons with this type of thing. When whether Steve Clifford was in Charlotte or here, um, what's the formula to beat? Like, what teams beat the Magic with that? I know, like, the Magic are below 500, so a lot of teams beat the Magic, but like. <laughs> What what is the offense that typically does best against that style of defense, in your opinion? I mean, it's it's all about getting to the to the middle of the floor. I mean, I, I, Orlando is a top ten defensive team, and and it's so weird to say that, but but it's it's fact now at this point. Um, but it, the, it always feels like the Magic's defense is, is sort of on the on the cliff. Like they could very easily kind of fall off and, and give up a ton of points. Um, mm-hmm. you go back to like even Friday's game against Memphis, which they which they also felt were down by seventeen. Um, in in that game and, and had to storm back to, to win that one. Memphis did a really good job running pick and rolls that that got Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic kind of backpedaling and giving up the middle of the lane. 
Um, I, I thought that Orlando, especially in the second half of this game, not so much in the first half, but in the second half, did a really good job forcing Miami's ball handlers toward the corners where they could where they could overload the strong side. Once right. you get into the middle of the lane, once once you get a guy going kind of right at Vucevic with both sides of the basket and both both wings available to him to pass, that's when this Magic defense gets into a lot of trouble because Vucevic is a better defender and, and has played defense a lot better, but he isn't beating anyone super athletic coming right at him. I mean, he couldn't get out of the way of that Derrick Jones dunk for crying out loud, um, which seems almost forgotten at this point. Uh, but but that that's crazy. that's really how you beat this Magic team. Is you got to find a way to get into the middle of the paint and force Vucevic into one on into one on one defensive situations. Yeah, and we didn't see David those those typical Bam Adebayo lobs, no lobs to Whiteside, and and I think that's exactly the reason why Dragic, Waiters, Dwayne Wade, they kept getting forced to the corners, and that kind of goes into uh, one of our Twitter questions. We'll take your Twitter questions after this break. And let us take this quick break so I can tell you a little bit about Wise Cam. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere in full 1080p HD for just $20. It's got images so clear you won't miss a thing, plus night vision and two-way audio. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products that are accessible to everyone. You can check on your home anytime with Wise app's live stream. Connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus and live stream with eight times digital zoom. You've also got free rolling 14-day cloud storage as well as no subscriptions. You can do this all for just $20 per camera. It's fantastic. You can do it for anything, just whether you're trying to keep an eye on your kids at home, bird watching outside your house, um, watching food from another room or from elsewhere, you know, making sure everything in your home is good while you're away. It's a fantastic, fantastic app, a fantastic, fantastic way to check out your home while you're away uh, in beautiful HD. Want more? They got that too. For just $10 more, the Wise Campan gives you 360 degree coverage in just under three seconds. Life moves fast and your camera should follow that action too. 110 degree rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range, 93 degree first vert- vertical range. You can patrol your room as well with pan scan. Set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints. Never feel like you're not at home. Never feel like you can't have an eye on your home with Wise Act with Wise Cam. You can also track the action as the Wise Cam pan automatically detects, tags, and tracks motion within its field of view, keeping up with life in real time. It also works with Alexa. I won't I won't tell Alexa to do anything except to download Lockdown Magic. Alexa, hey Alexa, download Lockdown Magic. Plus, as I said, free rolling 14-day cloud storage. Go to wise.com slash locked on to get the guaranteed lowest price. Again, that's wise.com slash locked on for the guaranteed lowest price today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go to Twitter to answer some of the questions that you sent in using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Brian writes in, 
Which team is more talented, the Magic or the Heat? David, I'm really interested to see what you say here, because I think I know which way you're going to lean. Um, I, I, you know, this is a particularly tough one. Um, talent, you know, that's so difficult to quantify. I feel like talent is often ascribed to players that just haven't reached their full potential, and if that's the case, you've still got Mo Bamba there, and you're not exactly sure what you're going to get out of him eventually. I mean, he could become a really, really, you know, incredible player. Jonathan Isaac has just started to scratch the ceiling there. I mean, there's just... Well, let me ask, can I I reformat the question then? Because you've got me thinking now. Of the Magic and the Heat, which one player has the highest ceiling between both of those rosters? Ooh. um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, so you can take your time. No, I I think it's Isaac, to be honest with you. I think he's probably the player with the highest ceiling. I don't know, Phil, if you agree or not. I was was going to say Dwayne Wade, but he's already reached that ceiling. Uh... But uh, I think the highest future ceiling is, is, is probably Jonathan Isaac. Um, I, I had this thought during that third quarter. I think he scored 11 of his 18 in the third quarter. He did. He's, he's going to, when he figures things out, like he, he can do a lot of really dangerous things on the floor. And it's right now it's just kind of, you can kind of see early on in the game, the moment felt very, very big for him. And, and he struggled with the shot, but, but he kept shooting and he, and he just found a way and, it was really, really prom. I mean, the Magic do not get back in this game if Jonathan Isaac does not make shots. Um, the Heat strategy yeah, he, was he he made he made three three pointers or all three of his three pointers in that third quarter too. That yeah. was huge for them. And 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 the, I, I felt like and I, I made this comment online during the game during the first quarter when he was I think he missed his first three or four three pointers. He was getting a taste of how teams are going to defend him in the playoffs. They're going to dare him to beat beat them from the outside, and, and Miami was perfectly content to let Isaac shoot shoot you know semi contested threes, and he was missing them all, and 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 that's a good shot for the Magic. That's a shot the Magic want Isaac to take, but that's not the highest percentage shot the Magic can get, and that's what it's that's what that's what he's going to face in the playoffs. And so to see him make that that improvement within the game to start hitting those shots, that completely flipped the game around for Orlando, and, and obviously he's got a ton of defensive potential. That block he had on James Johnson late in the game. Uh, was was really a lifesaver for the Magic too. Yeah, I don't know which way I lean on this because I, I my first instinct honestly was to say yeah, obviously Orlando because you look at that team. There's so much length, there's so much size, so much athleticism. Jonathan Isaac again, really good impression on me in this game. And as we're answering this question, so uh, but I'm kind of looking at this and I still want to say the Heat. I mm-hmm. just like. In Orlando, and maybe you guys disagree with me, but I feel like Nikola Vucevic is talented, but he's not. Like this, he wasn't a, a high draft pick. I I feel like he's he's definitely maximized the most of what it is that he can do. Right, there's still a ceiling with what he could do defensively. Even though, like Philip said, and I agree, I think he's gotten better on that end this season. But you know, you got Isaac, you've got Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba. I don't know. Like, I don't want to get into the raw talent thing. I don't know what Mo Bamba is. Nobody knows what Mo Bamba is right now. And then you look at Miami. You've got guys like Bam Adebayo, Josh Richardson. Uh, Justice Winslow, obviously, like there's, like we can kind of see what the roadmap for those guys is. Derek Jones Jr. looks really good for them. Then there, you know, you still got guys like Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside who are really talented. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna lean towards the Heat on this one, but only because I could sort of see, like there's, I kind of get what that talent is right now versus what the Magic are is, is still kind of theoretical, and I can kind of, I can point to two guys on the Magic who. I really feel good about. I, I think I think I feel like the intrigue of this question is, and, and I think this is kind of I think been the, the the story on the Heat for the last few years is, as they've played really well, and, and I think for a lot of people above their t- 
talent level in, in some ways. Miami has a lot of really talented players, but they don't have a lot of like top-end talent players. A guy right. like Jonathan Isaac, a guy like Mo Bamba, and even a guy like Markel Fultz are potentially top-end talent guys. We don't know what they are. They're, they're, they're still kind of potential energy rather than kinetic energy. Uh, and, and that's really, I think, what this question boils down to. What's, what's more valuable? Having a lot of guys who are really talented, talented but not top-end talented or having a bunch of guys who, could be, who are top-end talented who could still develop into a whole lot more? I'll be honest. I forgot Markel was on the Magic roster. <laughs> Michael Carter Williams too. Let's not sleep on him, man. <laughs> Rookie of the year, Michael Rookie Carter Williams. Year. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know. I, I don't. It is a really. It's going to be really interesting to see how this sort of plays out three years from now. I think Jonathan Isaac, by the way, is awesome. I loved him coming out of Florida State. If he can figure out to get, if if he gets that shot falling consistently and can kind of put the ball on the floor and start, you know, playmaking out of pick and roll and things like that, and can kind of play both ends of a pick and roll or pick and pop situation. He could be really dangerous, but it'll be interesting to see how that looks. But man, with Vucevic, Isaac, and Gordon in that front court, my, that's no wonder Miami had problems uh, uh, getting to the rim, and, and they looked really good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I think they do have more top end talent, but that's sort of been, like you said, Miami's issue is they've got all these guys, but who among them is going to step up and, and just sort of lead the charge here? Meanwhile, in Orlando, there's kind of a, a, there are those guys who have that potential. But you look at both of these teams, and they're basically tied in the standings. And and Orlando has a half game lead. They've got the tiebreaker here. So at the end of the day, who knows? Uh, it looks like the Magic are, are at least in position to make that playoff run. Um, but let's talk about that. Uh, what it, what what these next games look like? Because Orlando has seven more games. The Heat have eight more games. And the Magic got the best of the Heat tonight. But that does not necessarily mean that the Magic are going to be in the playoffs or that the Heat are going to be in the lottery. So we'll talk about that after this break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. With the loss tonight, the Heat relinquished possession of the number eight seed in the playoffs. They are now a half game behind the Magic, a game and a half behind Detroit and Brooklyn. And with eight more games left in the regular season, the loss doesn't kill the Heat's playoff hopes. But it's important to note that if the Pistons and Nets don't fall out completely... Uh, they'll need to finish with a better record than Orlando because the Magic currently own the tiebreakers. Um, so with that, David, how are you feeling about Miami's playoff chances? I still I still feel like they have a pretty good chance, to be honest with you. I, I know that like I, I had predicted this as a loss because I really do think that, that the emotion of that ceremony um, coming in the middle like that, not just the fact that it happened to be prolonged, uh, really takes this group out of what they were trying to do. It, it disrupts their focus, which, is, again, I think is absolutely necessary for them to pull out a win. I still, you know, I've been consistent all season long in saying that this team was a playoff team. I still believe that's the case. Um, I, I, I find that they'll, even as they have, you know, tough games in the, in, over the next eight or so, that they'll be able to find a way to win those because this team has been so unpredictable. We don't know where we're going to get out. As people pointed out, they beat Oklahoma City and San Antonio at, at away games, and then they come back and lose 
on a big night to like to Orlando. Not to discredit Orlando, obviously, because they play such a good defense and everything else. But at the same time, it was it's you could say that you know, the Thunder and Spurs wins are definitely more challenging, and yet Miami found a way to beat those teams pretty handily. So I feel like Miami will still find a way to knock off the teams that they have to. And I don't have much faith in Brooklyn being able to hang on to their playoff spot. I know Detroit is kind of hinging on on you know Blake's health, and and that could be disrupted pretty easily. So um, to be honest with you, I, I still like Miami's chances. It's going to be close, obviously, and, but I still think that they'll get in. Yeah, so if you look at the remaining strength of schedule of the four teams that we're really talking about here, Brooklyn, Detroit, Orlando, Miami, Brooklyn has the hardest remaining schedule in the league. Detroit has the eighth toughest schedule in the league remaining. Um, Charlotte is at 13. Miami is at 15. Orlando is at 17. I threw Charlotte in there. I'm not really sure why. They're, they're still um, in this thing. Don't I mean? Don't yeah, completely throw Charlotte out. They beat San Antonio tonight. That's right, they did. So yeah, they're in it. They're uh, they're two games out, one and a half games out of the eighth seed right now. So of those five teams, I guess Philip, uh, which three do you see making it? Oh man, uh, this is. I am. Part of me is still a little skeptical that it's going to be the Magic because, yeah, their defense is really good. Um, they only have two more home games left this season of of those eight or of their final seven. They're good ones though. They're good ones. They're good Atlanta ones. And New York. Yeah. But but then it, but but at the same time, this like like you guys talked about the Heat going on the road, beating those really good teams, and then coming back to coming back and, and losing to Orlando. The Magic have struggled with some bad teams since the All Star break. They lost to Chicago. They lost to New York. They lost to Cleveland. They were down seventeen to Memphis at home. They lost on the road to Memphis. You know, they, they, they were able to finish things off tonight late in games, but they're, they're, and, and they've been generally pretty good late in games but for the most part. But this is a team that plays a lot of close games, and they're, they're, not, they're not a team that's going to blow a lot of teams out. And, and late game execution, I think, is still a huge question mark for them. And, and like I said, yes, their defense has been good, but this is a team that, that has really never been tested in a playoff game. Tonight was honestly the first time, I think, that they really played in a playoff-like atmosphere. Um, especially on the road where they're going to have to go. And they've got some big games coming up. They, they're on this four-game road trip uh, that, that takes them next to Detroit, then to Indiana, and then to Toronto. Um, so it, it's, it, it, it sounds like they have the easiest schedule left, but I do right. not think that this is an easy road home for Orlando at all. And, and I feel like this is still a team that you have a lot of questions about, about whether they can rise to this moment. Um, I, I, I do kind of think that it's going to be Detroit, Miami, and and, and between Orlando and Brooklyn to get into that final get into the playoffs, um, but I think all like all four or five of these teams, or all four of these all five of these teams fighting for the last three spots, they're going to be within two games of each other down to the final day. I mean that that last yeah. day of the season when Miami plays Brooklyn, Orlando plays Charlotte, that's that it's going to come down to that game. I feel like so it's it's, it's still too hard for me to to get a handle on. Yeah, yeah I might end up uh, eating my words here, but I because only because I kind of ruled out. Orlando a couple weeks ago. Ah, there's no we, way. We and all now, ruled out now, Orlando look, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that's true. And, and they're, look, they're on a six-game win streak. It's, it's I think, the yeah, tied for the best uh, win streak in the league with the Clippers right now. So they, they're putting it together. But I'm going to write off Charlotte. I, I just – the scouting report's too easy on them. I don't trust them down the stretch. I don't, like, outside of Kemba, I just don't know who steps up for them. And you look at these other teams. They've got guys. Detroit, a little precarious. I, I don't – I don't love their remaining schedule. Uh, they've got they've got to go on the road on tough games, or I don't know if 
they, they've got tough Western Conference games. I'm not sure if they're on the road, but I'm looking at their, I mean, their they're, remaining they're, they're teams They're coming here. home from a West Coast trip tonight. They're, they're, That's right. While we're recording, they're playing at Denver. So, yeah, they've got the Denver game happening now. Looks like they're going to probably lose that. Portland, Oklahoma City. They've got the Pacers twice more. Um, well, like here, the Pacers are legit. Here's a question, because assuming that, you know, maybe Charlotte is the least likely team to advance of those five, if it comes down to, you know, Orlando versus Charlotte in that last game of the season, or the Magic are at Charlotte, and if Charlotte's out of the playoff picture, do they still take the, the challenge to become the spoiler in that sense? I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what, what that, you know, the mentality would be there, but I, I could see them trying to upset Orlando uh, in the last game of the season if they're not necessarily competing for a spot because, again, Miami, Brooklyn, et cetera, have all advanced. Would they try to spoil Orlando's chances of advancing in the playoffs? Yeah, and then you and then you look at the last game for Miami is against sure. Brooklyn. Yeah, and yeah, so, it's, it's, like, there's really two huge games at the end of the season here that could come to play. Like, the NBA might get what they want. They might not have to, like, legislate this weird wild card game. They might get it in the, at the end of the game in the Eastern – at the end of the season in the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of big games still have to be played. And for Miami and Orlando, um, they get back to it on Thursday night. The Heat will play the Mavericks at home. Orlando will play in Detroit on Wednesday, and uh, they'll continue this playoff push. But for now, that's all we have for today. And uh, Philip, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for thanks for uh, for coming on my podcast as well as me being on your podcast. It's good, yeah, good it's to, crossover. Good to, good to talk. Good to talk like real basketball this time of year. Uh, I know you guys are used to that. This this I don't quite know know what to do with my hands on this. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not scouting the draft. You're not ready for John Morant in, in a Magic what, jersey. I, I I have watched so little college, and it's so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do shout like future magic, whatever, to every like mid level draft pick I see in the in the in the in the NCAA tournament. I'm like future magic forward. Nasir Little takes gets gets twenty points tonight. You taco <laughs> fall guy. Uh, I am a I am a big taco fall guy. Um, I hope he gets a chance somewhere. Um, but uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm I, I think if you're looking at UCF UCF players, Aubrey Dawkins I think has a really good chance mm-hmm. to stick in the league. That 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 kid can play. Um, I think he was a little miscast as kind of the the lead guy for UCF. He can fill a role. I think he can defend. He can defend a little bit, and he can hit that outside shot. So I, he'll probably go in the second round if he goes at all. Um, that that kid can play. He showed up against Duke, so I'm I'm really excited to see if if he enters the draft number one and be where he where he ends up. UCF basketball scout right there. Charge Love on. It. Charge on. Charge on indeed, because I did not. I neglected to mention UCF and, and the great effort that they put against Duke on yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic. I'll do that here. Um, obviously very proud of what UCF was able to do against Duke. Unfortunately, weren't able to pull out the win. Um, but like I said, I'm, I, I do like Aubrey Dawkins a lot as, as a potential uh, potential second-round sleeper um, in the NBA draft. I'll have a lot of work to do to, to get where he needs to be. Uh, but that's either here nor there. Um, I want to thank Wes and David for coming on on my show, and I'm sure I was happy to be on their show to talk about this game with a little bit more detail. Mix things up a little bit with a big game with a lot of lot of stakes at, at at play. So definitely check out their podcast. They do a great job covering the locked covering the Miami Heat over on Locked On Heat. You can find them as well as us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. To search for Locked On and the team you are looking for, whether it's Locked On Magic, Locked On Heat, Locked On NBA, Locked On Face Basketball, or Locked On, whatever you want. Major League Baseball season opener opening day is Thursday. The Locked On MLB Network is also back up and running. Find your team as well by searching for Locked On 
and the team you're looking for. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.